Hello, you're listening to EG Property Podcast with Sarah Jackman. Today, I'm talking to Nick Martin, partner and lead of the leasehold enfranchisement team at RWK Goodman, about how developers are changing the way they view the asset value of new build residential freehold blocks. Nick, many thanks for joining me today. Plenty, I think, to talk about, particularly in light of the King's speech last week. So I think probably a good starting point for today is probably just to give our listeners a bit of a sense of what was in the King's speech last week from a leasehold perspective and what exactly you think it might all mean. Thank you for that welcome, Sarah, and a pleasure to be here. The King's speech took place uh, last week and contained a, a number of interesting proposals relating to leasehold reform. The King in the speech itself stated my ministers will bring forward a bill to reform the housing market by making it cheaper and easier for leaseholders to purchase their freehold and tackling the exploitation of millions of homeowners through punitive service charges. The accompanying background briefing notes detail a number of proposals in respect of leasehold reform, making it cheaper and easier for existing leaseholders in houses and flats to extend their lease or buy their freehold, increasing the standard lease extension term from 90 years to 990 years for both houses and flats with ground rent reduced to zero, removing the requirement for a new leaseholder to have owned their house or flat for two years before they can benefit from these changes, increasing the 25% non-residential limit, preventing leaseholders in mixed-use premises from buying their freehold or taking over the management of their buildings, and banning the creation of new leasehold houses. So quite a mix then of information, I guess, and, and potential changes coming down the tracks. What are your thoughts in terms of those announcements? I know a number of these measures have already been discussed in in recent years. Um, What's your sense of how well the market has responded to those announcements? I think the response has been mixed. Obviously, there will be some uh, parts of the sector which were hoping for a a more wholesale review and change to the current leasehold system. Indeed, uh, that was what was promised back in January 2021 when Michael Gove, uh, the Secretary of State for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, pledged to abolish leasehold ownership in England and Wales. That, of course, has not happened, but to some extent we knew that it would not change in those terms, given that... uh, That announcement was made back in May of this year, following a battle between Mr Gove and Number 10. Some of the changes lack clarity. For example, the proposal to make it cheaper and easier for existing leaseholders to extend their lease or buy the freehold doesn't provide any visibility on how that might occur and in what way the charges or sums paid will will be reduced. So, for example, There's been a lot of discussion over the past months about the abolition of marriage value, which is an element that forms part of the price or the premium payable by leaseholders. There was nothing in the speech on that and indeed on whether or not some 
elements of cost capping might be introduced for landlords costs to try to reduce the overall charges that leaseholders pay. A mixed response then. And I guess it builds really on some changes which we've already seen coming into force in the leasehold space. We obviously had the Leasehold Reform Grand Rents Act last year. Talk me through the effect that that's had on the market and and the provisions in in very basic terms that it brought into force. So the the, the Leasehold Reform Ground Rent Act uh, 2022 was was brought in last year and uh, impacts on any new leases entered into following the coming into force of that legislation. So it means for leaseholders buying new build flats now that their landlords cannot charge ground rent on those leases, which is obviously uh, very welcome. There are, to some extent, unintended consequences arising from the legislation. So, for example, uh, in respect of situations where there might be a a deemed surrender and regrant of the lease, where you have a licence for alterations that affects the demise of the, the flat, then that might impact on whether or not the ground rent should be reduced in those circumstances. So I think leaseholders have to be careful, even in respect of existing leases, that they get advice on what is going on and what the transaction is and whether there are any unintended consequences arising from it. 2022 was also a year when another significant piece of legislation came into force, which was the Building Safety Act 2022. It's obviously a big piece of legislation, but what have been the most significant provisions and consequential effects from your perspective? I think in the context of leasehold reform, one of the the, the big issues arising from that legislation has been the unintended impact it's had on lease extensions. The effect of the legislation as it was drafted at that point, arguably impacted on the protection that leaseholders would have in circumstances where they extended their lease. And the effect of the legislation was in effect to remove that protection and put uh, leaseholders at risk to, in some cases, significant costs and expenses if uh, work, a relevant work in relation to a relevant defect needed to be undertaken. Encouragingly, the government has now address that issue with the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act. And Section 243 extends the definition of qualifying lease to ensure that that leaseholders extending their leases don't have that unintended impact. So a number of changes in relation to leasehold over the last couple of years and more in the pipeline. Tell me about the extent to which recent legislative change in this field has affected your clients? I think it's certainly on on the development side, it's given developers pause for thought as to how they structure their developments and how they try to secure the the best asset value from them. Uh, Because of course, through the legislation that has been brought in, they've lost to some extent uh, aspects of revenue streams or or asset value that they would otherwise have had. So, for example, in relation to to, to, to ground rents, that prevents new developments from having an aspect to it and providing for leaseholders an income generation. 
to some extent, it, it's likely to mean that, that they will want to dispose of freeholds more quickly, which is consistent with the government's attempts to try to encourage leaseholder-owned uh, buildings. But there'll also be a lot to consider if the proposal to cap ground rents or abolish ground rents altogether comes into force, particularly if that relates to existing leases, as it will mean that quite considerable revenue streams for developers and investors are lost. And in terms of the advice that you're able to give to clients and the way that it's fed through into your workflow, what sort of impact has it had? I think there are naturally clients that are cautious about proceeding with transactions because of the uncertainty which currently exists. I don't think the proposal set out in the King's speech changed that uh, very much. Uh, And I think, you know, there will continue to be uncertainty about what the government is likely to do until we actually have some legislation and a draft bill to to examine and, and pour over. We have, of course, got the or likely to have the the, the next general election next year, uh, and that could have quite a significant impact on any legislative changes that come into force, particularly if we have a new government in 2024 following the general election. So I think my advice to clients looking at extending their leases, acquiring freeholds, or engaging in investment activity if, if you're an investor or a developer is to get advice early to look at the specific circumstances of the transaction that you're looking to enter into and make sure that you've got sufficient protection. I don't think we can rely at this stage on the expectation that we'll have something on the statute book in quick time that, that helps any of the parties involved in this situation. And if there was, I guess, a wish list from your perspective in terms of leasehold reform legislation that might be brought into force to help tackle some of these issues, what would be top of that wish list? It's pretty difficult to say to some extent because the the aims of, for example, developer clients and investor clients are very different to those um, of, of leaseholders and landlords. So I think in that sense, my my one hope is that whatever legislation is brought in, the government thinks properly about what it is they are seeking to achieve and puts in place legislation that is fit for purpose and doesn't suffer from the unintended consequences of the the various bits of leasehold legislation that have come into force over the last few years. Because I think to a great extent, legislating without a proper idea or a proper structure of what that legislation should uh, accomplish quite often creates uncertainty and additional difficulties for for all parties in that situation. All right. Well, Nick, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Thank you for giving us a flavour of what was in the King's speech in respect of leasehold reform and and just giving our listeners a sense really of, of some of the ongoing issues that arise in that space. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Sarah. It's my pleasure. That was EG Property Podcast with Sarah Jackman. For more on leasehold reform and the Building Safety Act, see the EG Radius archive at egi.co.uk.